In today's episode, we're joined by Gemma Crouch to talk about how to get paid on time and what to do if you're not. We're the two Lauras and you're listening to the JFDI podcast. Having worked as freelancers for many years, we've had our fair share of late payments to deal with. And even though we always recommend being paid in advance of starting any work, it's always a tricky one to deal with when a client doesn't pay your invoice on time. With over 500 freelance social media marketers in our membership, The Inner Hub, we've heard many horror stories about late payments. So we wanted to invite Gemma Crouch from debt recovery agency Control Account on to share her experience and expertise to help you to avoid this happening in the first place and to make sure that you understand what to do when the worst comes to the worst. Okay, so welcome Gemma. Gemma is the Sales and Marketing Director of Control Account. But before we crack on with our questions, Gemma, do you just want to tell us a little bit more about who Control Account are? Sure. So our Control Account are a leading debt recovery firm. We've been operating about 40 years and we're fortunate enough to work with uh, the world's biggest brands, but right down to SMEs, not-for-profits, one-man bands. And uh, although we offer lots of different services, I think it's debt recovery is our key service that people come to us for. And I bet you've heard like some nightmare stories of people not paying, yeah? Yeah. When people first come to us, they can, some people can feel really personal about it, like it's a personal attack, and we will hear everything, every part of their their story. And for those small businesses where it is personal, it's their, their business, it's really tough. You know, they have, they have bills to pay themselves. So, yeah, sometimes it can be, you know, you can hear some quite distressed people. So, yeah, it can be tough sometimes and trying to find a solution to help that person, to help that business, to keep that business functioning. So, yeah, it's tough sometimes. And are there cases where a business has like kind of got them into a, themselves into a sticky situation of not being paid because they haven't done things to avoid that happening in the first place? Like, is there things that we could do to make sure that doesn't happen? Yeah, there's... There's a, a lot of things that can be done before you need to, before an invoice gets is late and overdue, and then you have to have those conversations. Um, we tell our clients a lot about uh, credit referencing their, the companies they're working with, their clients, um, and I think that that's really important. It's something that doesn't happen a lot. The big companies do it. You know, you go through an account account opening process, and there'll be a credit check, but the smaller companies don't tend to do that for the bigger companies. And the bigger companies can be the ones that are maybe more resistant to settling invoices on time. You know, they they hold all the cards, don't they? So I was talking to someone last week about a large global brand who was tendering for a new marketing and PR agency. And um, they were wanting this marketing and PR agency to be on 360-day terms. So that smaller marketing agency would basically be bankrolling global brands marketing for a year. So hang on, wait a minute. This big company wanted a smaller company who were doing their marketing to agree to wait for a whole year to be paid for the job that they'd done. Yeah. What? (laughs) It is. And a lot of these big brands 
will go on the, the like the kudos of kudos of working with them. Mm. So smaller smaller companies that are looking for that that leg up or that big brand, you know, on their roster of clients, will, will go for that. But that's tough, isn't it? Not being paid for all of the work that you put in, but we are kind of in in that cycle. So obviously that's an extreme case. But what we tend to say to businesses, and this is the smaller businesses that need educating on this, it's not usually the bigger businesses, they do it. You need to understand who you're working with before you even, really, you should be doing that before you're pitching for work, but definitely at account opening and, and quoting. You should be looking to credit reference them. And there are some big players out there like uh, Business Experian and Credit Safe and Full Transparency Control Account has its own platform, Identico. And on that, you can go in and you can do a company search for any, any UK company and you can drill down into a lot of detail. Now, those are paid platforms. You can find all this information on Companies House, but you do need to dig a little bit deeper. But what you need to be looking for is you need to be looking into their financials. What's their turnover? What's the average they're paying their invoices? How stable is their business? If I think about Identico, for example, you can put in a company name and it will give you a quick, at-a-glance, financial rating. So that could be their gold, their silver, their bronze, or it could be a series of red flags, or it could be that that business is entering into ad administration and it gives you an immediate, almost like a traffic light system. And that enables you to then put some, some credit in place, understanding whether someone should be pro forma or whether they're good for 360 days payment <laughs> terms, but I, I do question that. Uh, Identico would also give you a credit amount. You know, this this company are good for uh, £30,000 worth of credit. The, the other thing that can be done is you can, you can then monitor that business. And if that credit, uh, if any of those credit limits change or their payment days change, you can receive an email that allows you to, to respond to that, to react, whether that's giving them more credit or whether it's kind of getting your ducks in a row, getting your invoices in. I just want to pick you up on a point here because you're using the word credit quite a lot. And I think freelancers mm -hmm. don't necessarily see that they're giving a business credit. But when we're giving somebody an invoice and allowing them a certain amount of time to pay, that is essentially what we're doing, isn't it? We are giving them credit. So we should be checking to see whether or not they can pay it. Yeah. Absolutely. Anything where you are not, uh, they're not paying in full before and they're paying pro forma, um, that is credit, you know, whether it's seven days, whether it's, whether it's 30 days. And if you and I as consumers went for a service, we would be credit checked. Mm. Um, and that's, that's exactly what businesses do on other businesses. So it's not just a business to consumer, it's B2B. Um, and that, that, sh that should be done. And I know you've done this, haven't you, Laura? Yeah, I was going to say I've used Identico. Um, I used it um, certainly a few years ago when I was actively taking on more clients. And I think sometimes we can have a gut feeling, can't we? Or we can have red flags where we're, you know, should I, shouldn't I work with this particular business? And sometimes using tools like Identico and all the other ones that Gemma mentioned are can be useful for you to see more facts it's not just basing decisions on your gut feeling. And for me, it was really useful to just fill in the blanks, to give me prompts to actually ask questions. You know, what is your 
you know, how quickly are you paying uh, invoices? My payment terms are seven days. Are you going to be able to do that? You know, it's about it. It's about having the the information and the tools available to you. So it's not just a case of it's going to help you make a decision as to whether to work with someone or not, which obviously it could do that. But it will also help you to fill the blanks in, to be able to ask the questions that you need to ask based on the information that that's being made available to you. So it, they are really handy in that from from that due diligence perspective. Yeah, and we look for red flags in other things, don't we? So we should be looking for red flags when it comes to finance. A hundred percent. Yeah, I think uh, the being able to look at just getting an at a glance, these are these are good for it. This company is solid. Their financials are solid. But, um, you know, when you're seeing that someone's paying, you know, in the average time to pay an invoice is 47 days. Well, 47 days sounds to me like they're paying late. It's, you know, that's third. It's, you know, it's not like a 60 day. It's not like a 90 day. It's an odd figure. And that would say they pay their invoices late. So it doesn't mean you don't work with that company. But as um, Laura D said, it is you ask the questions, you make it clear when you start working with them, my payment terms are seven days, and though they are non-negotiable. Um, and it allows you to just have that conversation ahead of the game. Yeah, that's a good point. So is there anything else that we should be doing in advance then apart from like this, these checks is there anything else we should do in advance to make sure that we can try and avoid late payments? Absolutely. Um, I would always suggest that freelancers or any business really has good terms and conditions. You know, these don't need to be war and peace. The important things to get over in that are, these are my payment terms and they're, they are non-negotiable. Now, you can also mention within these terms and conditions, what will happen if somebody pays late? And you can then talk about, um, as a business, uh, all businesses in the UK can apply uh, something called statutory late payment. It's called the Late Payment Act. And that enables businesses to apply 8% over the Bank of England base rate to any invoices that are late. So if you have that in your, I mean, you don't necessarily need to have it in your terms and conditions. It's a it's a government initiative. You, you don't need to have that agreed up front. But to have that in your terms and conditions says to a business, you know, I better not muck about here. You know they're going to they're going to pay. I'm going to have to pay this interest. So I think that that is that is definitely worth doing. Yeah, I agree. We're all for having good terms and conditions in place. And we work with Lucy Legal. If you don't have terms and conditions in place, uh, we would definitely recommend you go to the twolawyers.com forward slash legal. And if you use the code the two lawyers, you'll get 10% off of the terms there. So if you don't already have terms in place, make sure you go and grab some of those and make sure that you're covered legally for sure. So when it comes to like sending an invoice over to a client, is there anything that we should be doing at that stage to try and make sure that we get paid quickly? Like we've taken the client on, we've done the work or we're about to do the yeah. work and we're now sending them the invoice. What should we do? Well, first of all, before you send that invoice, I know you ladies talk about engagement all the time and like even, even engaging with your client and saying, was that job okay? Was everything okay with that? Um, and preferably getting that in writing. Um, it just means that that prevents any disputes further down the line where they say, oh, I'm not going to pay this invoice because actually um, you delivered late or actually it didn't didn't meet the brief. So I just think having that conversation when you've completed the work, was everything okay? And uh, ironing out any issues then if there had been. But 
If you can, invoicing as soon as a job is complete is always the best thing. It's done, it's there, and it's sent while that work is fresh in their mind. I know for some businesses, they invoice at the end of each month or the start of the next month. And that's fine. You just need to be need to be prompt and your client needs to know when they're going to expect the invoice. But I think that if you've had that conversation, was everything okay? Yes, it was. Great. I'm going to send over my invoice for the work. I think for a lot of our um, audience, we would tell them to invoice in advance of the work, which I know isn't necessarily um, across the board, but there are lots of people, particularly when they're like white labeling for like marketing agencies, et cetera, where they're, put, where they're paid in arrears. And what the point you say about as soon as the job's done, invoice them is so important, I think, because if you finish a job on the second of the month and then there and you don't invoice, like you say, until like the 30th of the month, because that's the day that you invoice. Actually, in that time, could they have managed to talk themselves out of or found found reasons or excuses to not pay your invoice. So invoicing as soon as that project's done, if you are paying in arrears, I think is a really good tip. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And is there anything that we should be putting on those invoices to make sure that we can speed up that process? Yeah, absolutely. There's quite a lot that people, when we, um, a uh, control account, when people say this invoice hasn't been paid and then they will, we say, okay, well, send us the invoice by our secure link and let's have a look at it and we'll try and recover it for you. And we see some invoices that we just think they've probably gone into a, like a, a black hole somewhere because they do, there's missing a lot of information. And so there is a lot to go to, to put on there. So if I just whiz through some of the things, obviously it needs your business name and your address and your contact information if there's any problems, but an invoice actually has to say the word invoice on it somewhere for it to be an invoice. Obviously it should have an invoice number. I mean, a lot of these are, you know, you would think, of course we do that, but you will not believe the amount of invoices that we see uh, without it. So an invoice number, a reference number, the client's reference number, you know, their job number. In marketing companies, you know, everything has a – if you don't have a PO, everything has like a job number to identify it. Um, the date on the invoice and the due date, the date that you have agreed in your terms and conditions that this will be paid, seven days, 14 days, 30 days, whatever that is. Um, how you want to be paid. I'm guessing for most people, this is now backs. Include those bank details. Don't expect them to go and fish in your in your folder to go and find them. We had this the other day, didn't we, Laura? Someone invoiced us with no, there was no payment information, nothing. So we had to go back to them. But you can imagine as a, a larger company would be just, you know, who are busy. No, they're not. It, it was really strange, yeah. They're not going to do it. They're just going to go on to the next invoice they've got in yeah, the pile. Yeah. Um, and they're going to wait until you chase them and then they can ask you what, what that was for. But they're not, you know, no. on the whole, not going to be that proactive. Um, a description of the services, make that really clear what the project was you worked on, what you did. Again, doesn't hurt to have another payment terms reminder there at the footer, seven days, 14 days. Make sure that all of this information is on there because if there is a if there's a query on it, as we've said, they're not going to seek out the answer from you. Um, make sure you've got the amount on there and make sure it's the actual amount that is agreed 
because that is where a lot of invoices fall down. Even if it's a couple of pence out, it will usually then have to go through the whole process again of sign-off. Obviously, if you're a limited company, make sure you're showing your full registered company address. There's some strict rules around invoicing as a limited company, so companies have loads of information on that. But I guess for a lot of your uh, listeners today, they may be not set up as a limited company, so that may not apply. Okay, so let's say we've done our due diligence and we've checked the company, we've taken the company on, we've done the work or we're about to do the work, we've got the perfect invoice, it's got all that information on it, but we still haven't been paid on time. What should we do next? And when would be the time that we would need to get expert help in and who would we even go to at that point? Well, I think think ahead of that, if you are, you've had that conversation, the work's fine, there's no dispute there. You've invoiced it. Um, you know, my invoice is coming over tomorrow. I'm going to send my invoice via email in a minute. Look out for it. And then it is, I think it's, you know, we always talk about saying the squeaky wheel gets the oil, those who make the most noise. And you don't have to be a nuisance about it, although that does actually help a little bit. <laughs> um, I think it's just being very clear and being on them that, this invoice needs paying. So we encourage people to say, um, and we do this, you know, in our own um, accounts payable department, we will uh, email them seven days before the invoice is due. FYI, that invoice is due in seven days time. Let us know if you've got all the details or if there's anything that you need to know. On the due date, send them an email. This is due today. Um, I know you're busy. If you can just look over it, I'd appreciate payment by the end of the day. After one week, if that invoice hasn't been paid, it's time to move those conversations away from from email and actually be picking up the phone. People find it harder to evade these conversations if you're on the end of the phone. And you really need to um, be specific, get specific dates. You'll be told it's on a payment run. Um, Well, when is that payment run? And exactly what date can I expect that? Um, It's a good time to remind someone that I'm a small business and this has a, has a further impact. It's very important. Could you pay that invoice? It's worth bringing the person who, who, who briefed you the work, who kind of project managed in at that conversation. You can CC them into, into an email or you can send them an email to say, um, I'm having some problems getting my invoice paid. Would you mind um, having a look internally? Usually, I remember this myself um, when I was an account, an account manager, if a freelancer had said that to me, I'd feel tremendous guilt. I'd be like, oh, my God, this is my, I need to get this sorted. And I would scuttle off to finance <laughs> to like go and speak to someone, pay my supplier's invoice because they're not going to, I'm going to have problems next week when I brief them something else. So I think it's definitely keeping that conversation going. That person in finance does not have a relationship with you. They have a lot of invoices to pay and there is nothing special about your invoice. So build a relationship with them, speak to them, tell them that you need payment. And I think also, even if they don't have a finance department and you're just speaking to the person who is paying that invoice directly, a lot of freelancers feel like, oh yeah, but I don't want to hassle them. I feel really awkward, you know, and it's, it's all, it is awkward to have those conversations, but at the end of the day, they owe you money. So you kind of need yeah, to get over is, yourself, don't you? Yeah. This is a real misconception that you know, it is a business relationship mm. and the business is you do something and you get paid. 
and they will get paid for that work. You know, whatever client they're doing it for, they're going to get paid. That is how it works. Um, but we have a lot of a lot of businesses that come to us with can sometimes have a tremendous amount of what I would call unmanageable debt, and we say to them, what's the background? How have your conversations been so far? And they've been like, oh, well, we haven't done anything. We didn't want to upset them. Um, <laughs> oh, God. And uh, I can see how people feel like that, but it's a business relationship. Yeah. And so you do need to have that. It doesn't have to be awkward. And there are there are ways now to automate a lot of this. There are like payment, like invoicing systems that send like the reminder email seven days before, like your example, or yeah. there are some that send them again on the day that it's due. So they, you can automate some of it, but I think your point about picking up the phone like that, I hate speaking to people on the phone, but that is the one phone call I will happily make. Like, and I do, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. I have to remind my clients that my, my little invoice is sat somewhere and I do pick up the phone and you're right. People, if I've ever chased someone on email, I'll get like, like you said, I'll, oh, it's, it'll be, it's, you know, it's on the way, don't worry or something. And just some little comments. in the post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whereas actually when I speak to them on the phone and realise that that is just another person. And like you say, there is that guilt involved. And especially when I say, you know, I'm a freelancer, I can't wait. I can't wait for months. I don't have that kind of cash flow in my business to be able to wait for months. And so once you lay on a bit of guilt, um, it seems to seems to work well, but that's much easier to get across on a phone call. But I know I am not the only one who dislikes phone calls, but it is a phone call well worth yeah. taking, I think. But, you know, people in finance, in accounts, payable and receivable, don't like those conversations either. So they want you off there. You know, if you keep ringing up every single morning, they know that you're going to call to say, any luck with that invoice yet? They're going to get, want to get you off their list. <laughs> yeah. um, and you don't have to be difficult about it. It's a very, you know, it can be a polite, respectful conversation. Um, I mean, keep the heat out of it, I would actually say. Keep it friendly. But but be clear that you are a small business and in your terms and conditions, you ask for prompt payment. Um, there's nothing wrong with that, to, to say that. And uh, that will expedite you getting paid, I'm sure. And what happens if it doesn't? Right. Well, if it doesn't, there are lots of options available. Some, I would say, so a lot, a lot of businesses would be like, right, this hasn't been paid. And they they go to a solicitor and they say, well, send a legal letter. And that immediately starts accruing cost. And then you can very quickly find yourself going down a legal route and accumulating court costs and solicitor's fees for something that is not viable for recovery, either because there's a dispute in it or because the company, you haven't do, done your due diligence right at the start, and this company has lots of county court judgments and high court writs for unpaid invoices, and you'll find yourself at the back of a very, very long queue, but you will have paid for all this, uh, this uh, legal support. Or there's a government initiative called Money Claims Online. Again, that has some cost up front. And I think that the first part of that is an independent um, representative from Money Claims Online will kind of mediate and hopefully get a resolution. But, you know, I, you're going to think I would say this, but I think the best bet is always engage with an ethical and professional debt recovery firm. Now, 
Don't recovery firm can set, set alarm bells off with some people because yeah. they think they're going to send the bailiffs around. Bailiffs, yeah. <laughs> it's not like that. A good ethical uh, recovery company, which most businesses use, definitely all of the big players use. Uh, it's just an enhanced credit control, really. We will, a uh, debt recovery co- firm like ourselves, would letter that, so send them uh, up to three letters, supported by outbound telephone calls, um, usually SMS, emails. So it's all channels coming at them. And usually, once you've engaged a third-party debt collection firm, that is enough. That they will that will send a clear signal to your customer um, that... I'm not going to mess around anymore. I've asked and I've asked and I've asked. And I'm still waiting. So now I have to pass it on to somebody else. A debt recovery firm will have the have the skills to, to negotiate payments and legally what they can do. Whereas a freelancer could be spending all of their time chasing payment. They don't really have the skills. They don't know what to say. They don't know how to how to really um settle payments and also those but also those freelancers have got better things to be doing with their time they could be doing more work where they're getting yeah, paid that's, <laughs> really it's taking people off their core job isn't it so if your core, core job is doing the marketing or doing the pr doing the social media but you are spending four hours of your day chasing invoices and you don't really have the skills in place you know to know what to say to know legally where you stand to talk about additional charges to talk about this interest rates so it's uh it is much better if you get to a point where you've exhausted your own internal processes that you go to an expert we always say to our clients you know if your bathroom sprung a leak you'd call a plumber if your house was fusing you'd call an electrician there seems to be this resistance um about going to a debt recovery company most good debt recovery companies will work on a no collection, no fee basis. So they will do all the work um, to recover the recover the amount. And then whatever they recover, they will take a percentage of, which you will agree with that debt recovery firm up front. There's no hidden charges. There's no added interest. There's no cost for lettering. Um, there is one commission rate, and you will pay that once your invoice has been collected. They can also help manage that that conversation a little bit. I talked earlier about taking the heat out of conversations and it feeling very personal. And I think we, we can be very fair and very balanced. We can help that relationship because there's nothing more detrimental than a, a freelancer or a supplier getting very cross about not being paid, getting on the phone, losing their rag, quite rightly because, you know, the money hasn't come in. We take that heat out of it. We can actually protect that relationship longer term. Okay, so there's probably people listening thinking, well, hang on a minute. I don't charge enough to go and engage like a debt recovery company. So what is the minimum amount of this outstanding debt that we would be looking for to be able to come and work with a business like yours? Uh, The minimum uh, invoice value that we take is £25. And you find people that will refer £25 worth of business. Wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. £25, not £25,000, literally two five. We do take invoices for £25,000 and uh, £250,000, but no, £25, we will... uh, I mean, money's money, isn't it? It's all relative. Someone has an invoice that's due. Um, Mm. So, yeah, £25. We also get asked a lot, do people need to give us volume? Do people need to keep referring? Um, We don't tie people in. There's no contract. There's no minimum volume. 
some of our clients, they may only refer once every three years. Um, for uh, a great success story is when clients have to refer quite a bit of business to us and maybe in the first few weeks, the first couple of months. Um, but then we are sending out a very clear message to their clients that this business doesn't uh, doesn't accept late payment. And these are the consequences. And we find very quickly that we're able to educate their clients that make sure this business is top of your payment run so you don't get letters like this. So we find that we can do a lot for um, a lot for clients and then really we don't hear from them again because they get their, get their ducks in a row. Nice. That is nice. I never imagined that it would be such a low amount. No, and I think that is an objection a lot of, of our listeners would have in that, you know, we're not multi-million pound global companies, are we, with continuous debt and um, big amounts of debt. You know, it's normally a few hundred pounds, maybe a couple of thousand pounds, probably, at, you know, at the topper end. It's it's never big amounts. So I think that's actually really reassuring to know that it doesn't have to be, you know, we're not talking about big numbers here. Any, And as you say, it is all relevant because 25 quid to somebody is it's important it's it's just as important as 25,000 to a larger company you know we work with clients hopefully on an ongoing basis normally on a month by month to a degree on a retainer so I think people would worry that that relationship would completely break down and they'd lose that they'd lose a client and lose that regular income and I guess there's there's two ways of looking at it is a it might not if you engage with a third party who is better equipped to manage that situation or you look at it on the flip side of do you want to continue to be working with a client who is going to continue to let you down from a financial perspective so um it is interesting what you say about kind of how it can help manage those relationships as opposed to be detrimental and that that's one of the questions laura that a good a good debt recovery agency would ask as well. So when you come to them, you know, most agencies would give a free consultation and they would talk to you about the background of that debt and understand that. But they would also say to you, do you want to carry on working with this client? Because then we would suggest things like not applying that statutory interest that I talked about earlier on when I talked about terms and conditions, because that extra 8% could really kind of knock your client off. So we would say, okay, well, if you want to carry on working with them, this will be our approach, and we will we'll tell them we're not going to apply the eight percent as a gesture of goodwill. You know, we want to preserve the relationship. So, yes, it doesn't have to be the end of a relationship. The lettering from a debt recovery company is very polite, very fair, very professional. It's, they're not threatening letters; they're very business-like letters. The same that any company would be sending out. A marketing company would be sending out if they weren't paid. Yeah. Um, and as I said earlier, a lot of companies use, I mean, we have over 800 clients, 800 clients place their unmanageable debt with us. A lot of companies have a strategy for this, but obviously they don't want to talk about it because it's, it's not great to talk about. They don't want to talk about using a debt recovery firm, but they all do. Yeah. So something, something to consider. Don't feel guilt that you're doing it because that you bottom dollar that they are. Yeah. What would be your thoughts on whether you should continue working with a client who hasn't paid you 
uh, whether you've gone to that debt, debt recovery company or not, would you continue working with them whilst you're waiting for the payment or would you, everything like kind of go on hold? I think it's on a case by case basis and a, a good agency would be able to advise you on this. I see no harm in continuing to work with that company, um, but perhaps suggesting until that invoice is paid, they pay ahead of the game or they pay 50% up front. But it depends on the background of why it's not being paid because there's, there's several reasons invoices don't get paid and they're not all because that person's a bad person. <laughs> it's generally not that. It gets lost in a query pot. It gets its admin and bureaucracy that they don't get sign off. So it's not always that they don't have the money or they want to withhold the money from you. So when you talk to the debt recovery agency, explain the position, what you've done so far. And in most cases, our clients will continue to work to work with their uh, the marketing agencies. It will just be if we look and we see that they have no money, at that point, one of our advisors would say, hang on. I don't think you should be you should be doing any more work for them. But it does go back to that due diligence with Identico and looking. You know, you could see someone's about to tip into insolvency and administration. You know, don't do any yeah. more work for them. Yeah. But it is. It's a case by case basis, and so long as their financials are strong, and you uh, still want to work with them, I would I would continue to do so unless your debt recovery company advises you that they've found something that would suggest that they're not they're not good for that. Gemma, this has been brilliant. But before we wrap up, what would you say would be the main points that someone should take from this episode so they can protect their income? Okay. Well. All kind of reports are indicating that 2023 is going to be a pretty tough year. You know, everyone's feeling the pinch and businesses are going to feel that, you know, after COVID, some businesses are going to get going to get through it. Sadly, some businesses aren't. And their stability is really going to fluctuate. So at the start of the podcast, I talked a little bit about this due diligence and checking uh, credit referencing uh, platforms such as Identico. And that is really important. And it's not just checking those once, it's having a, it's checking them monthly, it's keeping on top of it. Or like with Identico, getting the, getting the monitoring that's included where you will be emailed when things change and changing your own payment terms um, to respond to that. But knowing who you're dealing with is just, is this number one thing that's important for 2023. I talked a little bit about terms and conditions, being clear in that about your payment terms. It's worth saying, I am a small business. Prompt payment is not only appreciated, it is necessary. Being clear on that. You can also include that bit about you will charge the late payment interest, you know, on some cases. Third point, invoice immediately um, and keep engaging with that with that customer. Um, Call them, stay on the phone, be the thorn in their side, be the squeaky wheel that will eventually get the oil, be a nuisance. They will soon want you off off the to-do list. Don't leave it too late because if you leave it too late and something is that business is not as financially stable as you thought it was, um, you could find yourself at a very at the back of a very long queue of other people waiting to be paid if that company goes into administration. And you know what? The uh, fresher an invoice is, the easier it is to collect. The longer you wait, the harder it is. So just react, uh, move quickly to engage with the debt recovery firm, even if it is just 
give me a consultation. Let me know what you think I should do. A good one will will not just take take the debt. They will be able to advise you on things that you can try before you come back to them. And a final point, we get a lot of clients that come to us and they have already gone down the legal route. And once something goes down the legal route, it's very hard to get out of. Um, you are, you know, you are then accruing costs and you, you're in court and it's it just, it picks up a lot of speed very, very quickly. So unless you do your due diligence and you know that you have a solid case there, it's viable, there's no dispute, your client's happy um, and you have a fair bit of money to throw at it. I would uh, avoid the legal route, try pre-legal, which is the debt recovery. You know, there are accounts that are resistant to settlements. And in those cases, a debt recovery company will hold your hand and advise you, go legal on this. You have you have a great deal of su- uh, chance of success. But they will also say, write it off. Don't throw good money after bad. So, yeah, that would be my advice. So hopefully now you know what to do to ensure you get paid on time and what to do when you're not. And remember that the answer isn't always to go down the legal route to the small claims court. The link for Identico is in the show notes and we will see you same time, same place next week. Tarara Pip. Au revoir.